Hey everybody, this is Sean Harwell. You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. Um, don't know why I said it like that, but I did, and we're going to have to live with it. This is the podcast where we talk about movies that have fallen through all of our cracks around the world. And I'm joined, of course, today, as always, and it never gets old, by co-host Craig Moorhead. Say hello in a different language, Craig. Bienvenido. Good. No, that's, I don't know if that's... That? Yeah. How are you, Craig, other than struggling with Rosetta Stone? I'm doing all right, Sean. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Hey, Craig, why don't you tell people where they can find us online, and then we'll talk about some some other things. So if you're looking for us, you're not going to maybe find us in person anywhere, but you can find us online. We have a website, neverheardpodcast.com. Always has been. It will continue to be neverheardpodcast.com. From there, you can jump to pretty much wherever we are now where you can find us on twitter you can find us on instagram find us on facebook if you want to contact us tell us about movies you think we should see or if you you thought a particular episode was too offensive for your children you can let us know there Mm -hmm. if you want to find our casts you can find us itunes you can find us on uh, stitcher find us on facebook you'll you'll see our posts which come straight out of buzzsprout yeah i mean you can that's these are the places that you can find us do you agree sean I do, and if like you want to mm. go back and look at our old post and try to get us fired by Disney, we mm. encourage it. We would because that would mean they would have to hire us first. So yeah, I mean that's, yeah. that would like a really win. be things would be looking up <laughs> to it be would fired be. by Disney at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once again, would like to thank our sponsor, Payless Caskets uh, out oh, in LA. Yeah. So appreciate it, Payless. Um, mm-hmm. All your casket needs, Craig. Let's move forward a little bit today. We got. A very interesting and fun movie to talk about. But before we do, I have to ask you what I keep asking you over and over again. Mm. What else you watched? I can tell you, Sean, this week I watched an entire movie... Beginning to end. Get out of town. Which is really, I've found, the best way to watch a movie. And the movie I watched was Phantom Thread. And I was delighted by that entire movie. Maybe, possibly because I felt intimidated by it a bit. (laughs) Yeah. And really not even, like, I didn't really even read reviews for it or anything. But I kind of felt like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be my type of movie. Sure. But yeah, I mean, that movie just... It started out great, and it just got darker and darker, and yet was like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, the feeling at the end, it's so dark, and yet also uplifting. It's joyful, kind of, yeah. In a way, it is. um, It's like the end of The Witch, you know? Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and then then just looking back and seeing how, how that movie built everything up to that point. Man, I just loved it. I mean, you know, like I, I want to be tired of Daniel Day Lewis acting so great, but I'm just not. No. And I just, I, I, I just really liked it a lot. Uh, yeah. what, what did you watch this week? I watched a bunch of stuff, but I'm glad that you got around to watching it. I, I think there's probably yeah. a lot of people that have maybe just put it off a little bit for whatever reason. And yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I love it. I liked it a lot the first time I saw it, and it's one I've watched again. And mm-hmm. feel like I could just keep on watching it and find something a little different to appreciate about it every time. Did you have any idea it was going to be dark like that? No clue. Going uh-uh. in? None. Okay. No. I somehow have watched quite a few things. I'll just kind of run through them and then say mm-hmm. uh, the ones I like the most. I watched the documentary Icarus, which I believe won the Academy Award last year. It's a Netflix-produced oh, yeah. documentary. Do you know about this one? I know about it. I have not seen it. It is about basically the whistleblower of the Russian doping Olympic scandal. Right. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I enjoyed it. I watched Multiple Maniacs, one of the very early John Waters films. 
and yeah. uh, that's uh, as crazy and amateurish and uh, fun and trashy as, as I had hoped. <laughs> I watched Smoke, the 1995 Wayne Wang uh, movie, uh, Harvey Keitel, William love Hurt. That movie. I know, it's so good. I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I uh, was just thinking about how, you know, I hate to sound old, I don't feel like they make that particular type of movie so much these days. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I no. And I miss them. I saw Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation, in theaters with my daughter. Is a fan oh, of the man. franchise, although she's only seen the first one, to my knowledge. <laughs> sure. I have n- not seen any of the other ones. I've seen bits and pieces <laughs> of the first sure. one. It's okay. I enjoyed it. It's fun. You know, I'm kind of amazed that Good. they're still doing the Adam Sandler uh, voice shtick in 2018. Right. They totally did. <laughs> uh, I did watch Clouds of Sils Maria, the other... Olivier Assias movie with Juliette Binoche and yeah. Kristen Stewart. Excuse me. It's nowhere near as dark as Phantom Thread, but it, uh, to me, it's a similar experience and feeling like I'd kind of read a novel. Like by the end of it, it feels like a novel that's been filmed, and yet I don't think either one of those were based on anything. Uh, I highly recommend that movie. It's it's really really compelling and interesting. Yeah. And then last but not least, watch the Robin Williams documentary on HBO called Come Inside My Mind. And it was good. It was not as sad as I thought it might be. And I thought mm-hmm. they handled the discussion of his death very, very well. So I think uh, I would point people towards that. Maybe go check that out while it's on HBO. Craig. Sean. Let's talk uh, Forbidden World. And uh, as we mentioned last time, this was a listener suggestion by Mr. Peter Fedak, who is the co-host of the A Little Snack podcast. And we're going to talk to Peter, in person, on the show, over the internet, and uh, let's go do that. Let's do it right now. So, Peter, thank you for joining us, of course. How are you doing? I am exhausted. Good, 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 good. You'll fit right in. The, the, the word is, I believe, adult. Becoming an adult is the most difficult thing I've ever had mm. to do, so I'm really it's excited exhausting. to be able to talk about this, this uh, adult movie we're going <laughs> to talk about. It is uh, <laughs> it is segue. both for adults and yet not for adults in, in a lot of ways, I think. Um, and I don't mean it's for kids. I just mean I don't know any adults that act like anybody in this movie. But we'll get to that in a second. Let me real quickly give a synopsis for this movie since we didn't do that in a tee-up. This is Forbidden World 1982, as we mentioned. It's directed by Alan Holtzman, produced by Roger Corman, of course. Stars Jesse Vint, Don Dunlap, June Chadwick. Fox Harris, I don't, Fox Harris, Michael Bowen. I don't know why I'm like giving these people this like awesome treatment, but they're fun. IMDb, here we go. In the distant future, a Federation marshal arrives at a research lab on a remote planet where a genetic experiment has gotten loose and begins feeding on the dwindling scientific group. I will say that that seems pretty pretty fair. That's a pretty fair synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Peter, you suggested this movie to us. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. You are welcome. So many thank yous. But I'm dying to know why. And <laughs> uh, what, where, when did you see this movie, and how did this pop up on your radar? All right. What's your thinking about this movie? Watching it again. Okay. My local video store up here in uh, Maryland when I was a kid, because you had, you had before Blockbuster, everybody had like the family video store. Uh, it was called Errol's mm-hmm. Video. I don't know if you guys have heard that, if it made it out of Maryland. But that's where you would go, and then you'd see all the, the red boxes, and then they would cut the cardboard VHS and put that on the front, put it on the back, put it on the sides. But their boxes were bigger with the black styrofoam inside. I'd always go mm-hmm. to the sci-fi section. Alien came out 79, correct, Craig? Right. My house yeah. was being remodeled and finished, and one of the guys there worked at a video store, and he was. I kept bugging him to get me Alien. I think I guess that's 80 or 81 because that's you know, a tape, and I loved Alien. So the Alien picture is the egg and Alien across the top. Well, this movie had a similar kind of box to it, so I thought it was the same thing. So I always wanted to see it as well. Mm-hmm. And it later turned out to be basically exactly Alien. But not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's where I remember seeing it originally and wanting to see it. And I you know what? And all those years of, you know, Friday night, you go with, you go with your buddies and you get a bunch of videos. And, and uh, before you watch the late night videos, you watch the horror films and the sci-fi stuff. And we never watched this. I don't know how that happened, how I missed this. Mm-hmm. So I'd never heard of it. Um, ding, 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 ding. What I love doing on Netflix 
is looking for old sci-fi stuff that comes up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that, and seen the picture and wanted to watch it. And I've gone through all the Netflix, and I'm done. They don't really add too many new sci-fi, although they're making new sci-fi for it. And right. They're like, eh, they're okay. But this came up on um, the Amazon Prime, and I was like, oh, there it is. And I started playing, and I was like, man, nobody's seen this movie or heard of it, and it looks great. It's the updated uh, HD quality. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of siblings in the audio. Anyway, uh, I was like, you know what? I should throw this at my boys, see if they're interested in uh, <laughs> never heard of this. And I watched it, and I thought it was totally for you guys. And my, I watched it with my wife, who was like, I'm going to hate this, but she ended up loving it because of how nice. Corman it is and, like, how uh sex and death it is and uh the music and just like you know the mess of it i hate to say it in my opinion it holds up today <laughs> if, if i could see a, a student filmmaker making this movie today and it'd be mm. like hey you'd get an a <laughs> um yeah. Oh, yeah but uh that that's my story for how i brought it to you guys let me ask you this before and then craig will get your thoughts do you remember seeing this on tv anywhere like just on cable TV because I don't I don't know man like I don't feel like in hindsight there was like a real access to just like this type of B movie. So many other things did pop up on TV, but I don't I don't recall like seeing Roger Corman's crap on TBS. You know, I'll speak for Craig. Yeah, yeah, no, please, please do. Uh, Battle Beyond the Stars <laughs> is the answer to your question. Battle Beyond the Stars okay. was everywhere. That was the the biggest I guess the biggest sci-fi Corman did. James Cameron was the production designer on it. Uh-huh. Um, and I think Gail and her had something to do with it because they were both working for Corman at the time. That was pretty big because it was answering to Star Wars. And that made it on TV because it was super cheap instead of buying Star Wars. Because I don't even remember. I didn't see Star Wars in the theater. So I think I saw it with commercials and everything for the first time. Or I saw Empire first. I don't remember. But yeah. But this one, I don't think you could see anywhere but on like what you're seeing on cable. And I never had cable growing up. I just had antenna. I, I, yeah, I never had HBO either. But I, yeah, I'd be curious to see if people saw this uh, in that format. Uh, but Craig, this is new to you. What did you think watching Forbidden World for the first time? Well, I mean, going into it, I was assuming it was going to be unwatchable, and and I was <laughs> I, I was really kind of like worried about. It, it's that thing where like like I got to sit down at the end of the day and I got to watch this movie, and is it going to be so bad that I'm going to force myself to watch it like in pieces or whatever? Like I, I was just I was worried that's what I was kind of in for. And I'm really happy to say that, like, that's not at all how it went. While there's definitely a lot of stuff in here that falls short of what you would hope a movie like this would be, somehow those things, like, somehow, like, where you kind of see the money run out, that stuff mm. just kind of becomes kind of fun. It's like we were talking about the the sandwich, like, the takeout boxes, like, oh, pasted God, to yeah. the wall and stuff like that. And and how they, they clearly had, like, one length of hallway. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Like, I good love that. Like, yeah, after a while, it's just so and, and like the movie moves fast enough. Nobody's trying to pretend it's something that it's not really. They're not trying to get too deep with it. Where it's not quite well done, it's goofy and fun. So I had a great time with it. I thought I thought it was really fun. Great. I'm kind of with you. You know, I, I definitely have sort of a low tolerance. I would say personally mm-hmm. for camp. Have you seen your work? No, exactly, right? Yeah. I have a low tolerance for anything I do, basically. <laughs> no, um, no, I just, you know, stuff that's like, that's so bad it's good kind of tag. I don't know. Like, that doesn't always translate to me, I guess, right. for some things that other people revere in that category. But this one, I think, was very enjoyable. There's a lot I just can't begin to explain. So there's a lot of those, like, WTF moments that are a lot of fun, I think. Wait, what yeah. is that? Where's the farm? What is that? And well, mm-hmm. it's it's funny you you say that, Craig, because there is some talk about growing food, isn't there in this movie? There is, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the world creation is that the there's a universe or we're in space and there's a food shortage. Right. Yeah. But it's because they have all the sandwich things on the wall. There's a lot. Yeah, they really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sandwich things on the wall. You know, it's not like there's five or six of them. I mean, there were hundreds of them, it looked like. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Like, there were so I many mean, of them, you know? Yeah, th- that is kind of the thing. Like, as cheap as that looks, it's like once you've pasted a million of them on places, then then it becomes God. impressive. Like, you can't help yeah. but be impressed by that. And they're t- the, what is the hallway? Three feet? And, <laughs> uh, and, and you can't touch it. If you touch it, it moves, and then it crunches. Yeah, yeah. whatever you do, don't touch the wall. <laughs> but I did like how the movie opened and kind of established the space of 
uh, what is his name here? I'm, I'm going to blank already, but Jesse Vent, the character name is Mike Colby. Mike. Do they call him Commander? Is he a commander or a captain of some sort, right? I, I think Cap the, the robot, uh, Sam104, says Captain. Sam104. Yeah. yeah, okay, so he's captain <laughs> of a ship. And on that ship, man, the opening... I don't know. There was just some cool shots in there, and like it yeah. felt claustrophobic, and that like the the sets on that thing, it was probably the same hallway, but just lit differently. There's a nice like tracking shot in there. There's some classical music in that opening, which felt, mm-hmm. even though obviously Kubrick used that previously in a much different way, it felt <laughs> unexpected for this movie, I guess. Sure. <laughs> and then you get those like rapid fire. And I wanted to ask you guys because you both have uh, studied editing. Is there a term for that sort of, I mean, I would just call it like rapid fire shot thing going on here where they just like cut back and forth a million times within like 10 seconds between two shots. In my notes, my copious notes that I took for this, I was going to say that uh, there's, I still call it jump cutting, which is just like you're watching something and it jump cuts. And I feel like the jump is like something goes wrong with the projector and it jumps and it cuts, but it's really just them putting in two, three, four frames of something else. There's something about that while the guys, Mike Colby, wake is asleep and waking up from hyper sleep or yeah, whatever. <laughs> they shoot their load. They show you the everything. They yes. show you like scenes from every a shot from almost every scene, and it hooks you in. Like, what is all these things that I'm seeing? And one, and of course, the thing that sticks out the most is there's breasts all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, an alien. It's like I can't deny it. Just okay, that hooked me, and I was like, okay, okay, I'll 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 watch this for at least twenty minutes to see the breasts. <laughs> that's it's like I'll, <laughs> I'll wait around on. That's the that, that's the way the '80s were. I'm with you, but I wanted to ask this because I was watching that too and thinking, and we knew that was coming just based on some of the trivia that we had read in the tee-up. I was wondering, like, is there a story point to that sequence? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing I was thinking too. I mean, it's it's clearly a flash-forward of some kind, but it's like, whose flash-forward is it? Are, are, are we saying <laughs> that that Mike, when he's, all, when he's an ice cube, like he can see what's going to happen to him? It's really bizarre. I mean, in, in a, in a quote-unquote better movie... I don't think we would accept that for a second. Be like, what are you trying to do? You can't do that. You mean assign it assign it to a character. Right. Right. Like the character has to see that versus just, just the editor or the director being like, hey, I'm going to show you these things to make sure you stay in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that, I mean, this is Corman. So Corman, <laughs> yeah. you know, he was editing. They like, oh, I'll show the tits fast. That's yeah. what he would say. You'd see, it's like, show it quick. Show the alien. Show this. Show it quick. And then that's what he did. And then the, the classical music is also money saver. Like, that's that's public domain. Sure. Yeah. And it worked. It, it yeah. elevated it instantly. I don't know how it did. Because right. the, the main character, you're watching the robot. He's in the ship. They're getting attacked, which is reused footage from older Corman sci-fi stuff. And yeah. I mean, this is crazy. I, it, it hooked me. I was like, oh, this is still good. I'm watching it. I'll totally admit that when that was happening, like all that flash forward, I was like, hmm, is this like he's seeing all of time at once? Like, is that somehow going to like tie into like what the <laughs> alien, like is this arrival, you know, like with the alien? But then I was like, I don't, I might be giving this a little too much credence here in the first yeah. five minutes. Maybe I should slow down and just take this in. Just that point about the the reused footage, the space battle, which I mean, none of it is necessarily convincing in a way that we would think of as convincing <laughs> yeah. today, but at the same time, it's a certain quality that's kind of cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Here's my note, Craig. Yeah. Cutting away to models and sound effects works even here. Yeah. Then my note was that. I was like, why? This is terrible. And we, we know how this stuff is made. And it's like, it works that you're looking at some a commander in a seat dodging a little left pushing buttons cut to a ship moving and firing and the sound effects it's it's crazy it still works well yeah that reminds me what was the what was the editing project we had at school cosmonauts or some kind of some hypernauts hypernauts yeah and like that was one of those shows and the 90s kind of did this kind of stuff where okay you got a bunch of actors on a stage they're supposed to be in some kind of ship then you cut to something that's just nothing but computer graphics like the two things could not look any like they're in two different worlds <laughs> right, more. Yeah. And that's the Good thing with, with this stuff, though. It, it all just feels like, yeah, we're all in the same place. I never feel like we're jumping out to something else. Maybe because it was all shot on film and it had the grain that was similar in the lighting. And like the softness. Similar. and Yeah. I think it works stylistically. 
I had no clue which ship was which and which one was shooting. Which. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, exactly. there's definitely one ship that blows up at least twice, maybe three times. Yeah, I didn't show. know. I didn't understand how many ships were out there. <laughs> I did. Sure. Yeah, yep. I couldn't even tell you for for certain until it landed which ship the commander and Sam were in. I'm just like, I don't. Uh, okay, but uh. It kind of doesn't matter because, I mean, can you sit here and tell me who they were fighting? They were like uh, food pirates, and there were two ships and then the one main ship, and they and they blew up the main ship. Uh, that's what I see. I rewatched it. <laughs> Peter just made that up. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about the, uh, the mission then because this, I mean, that's just like your stinger into this movie, the tease. And then the real kind of mission that comes in is that this captain is being sent as opposed to... Um, he was supposed to go home, correct? Or he thought he was or going home. Some kind of leave. Uh, on vacation leave. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, that got canceled because they needed him to go to this planet and deal with this experiment gone wrong, as the synopsis mentioned. And, you know, I think if anything where this movie starts to fall apart as far as our current audience and where younger people might not be able to completely, literally get on board here is when... Mike Colby steps into that space station, and we're kind of immediately introduced to Dr. Barbara, played mm. by June Chadwick. <laughs> Dr. Who, Barbara. I mean, she gets like the Darth Vader introduction, you know, you get to see her high heels and crap, and like, you know, it's just like all these like little shots of her butt, her ass, like you literally see her butt before you see her face, yeah. um, and those white <laughs> jumpers. Yeah. And man, I mean, I don't want to jump to this, but from the word go, these ladies are totally horning on Captain Colby yeah. here. And mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. how did that sit with, I'm interested with how that worked for your wife, Peter, but then also just you guys watching this again. I mean, do we just sort of like, eh, it's, it's Corman, it's fun, we expect it. Or I mean, or does it feel like, good God, like even in 82, this is a stretch in terms of where we are with Me Too movement in terms of characters? I don't or... even, yeah, we don't have to talk Me Too, just <laughs> characters. Are there women in this world or in this forbidden world that would behave like that? Uh, are women horny? For this uh, guy. I, I, for this oh, for this guy. Okay, that, that was a note <laughs> I had. Immediately but, I mean, was, if you want to talk yeah. about, uh, you, uh, you go with what you need to go with. He has a similar look to Roy Scheider. He does, he? yes. And I was time. like, did he get cast for that? Because he's not a great actor. No. Um, and, and whatnot, but... Uh, of course, he's not very handsome, but I, I find that women are more attracted to swagger than and handsomeness because they they is that right? Yeah, I, I believe so. Like, and he's new plot wise. You could say he's he's a new guy on on the thing, and he's a captain. And they're like, oh, new meat. I get to be with him. So we don't we don't know what the sex and STD situation is like on in space, except for the fact that there's a big space alien that comes from right. <laughs> viruses Although, and disease. Yeah. Yes, and murder has happened on this yeah. planet. Yeah. By the way, there, yeah. there's murder has happened in the space station. Anyway, continue, Craig. Well, I was gonna say, I, th- I think that is the stretch for me, because <laughs> you, yeah, I mean, you expect as a 1980s movie, you expect that our hero is going to attract every female eye that that there is to attract. So sure. But yeah, like they're on a space station. They got something weird that's growing over there. One of their folks is already dead, but she's like, I could uh, go to bed with this guy. Like, I, I feel like that'd be the last thing I'd right. be thinking about yeah. at this point. But I've never been a woman. I'm going to be upfront about that. I think my wife wasn't turned off by it. She thought it was great because it's yeah. it's it's because it's the setup is just it's kind of a joke. This movie yeah. is sure. kind of a joke. But um, it was kind of refreshing to have. It, well, I guess one of them was outwardly horny, and the other one was kind of just demure and and kind of just like younger and not really interested. In my opinion, she mm-hmm. got interested later. Oh yes, how couldn't she? How yeah. couldn't she? <laughs> but it was so much better than like a man just being, hey, I'm the man on the station now, and I'm gonna look at you and want you. And it, and it felt like more like she took charge and she was the one eyeing. And it was she I definitely kinda did. Li- I, yeah. I kind of liked it, you know, sit back and and relax. I liked it. The girl. I'm not good with names, but she was in. Uh, she's the wife in Spinal Tap. She's the wife yeah. of the, the lead singer. Yeah, that was yeah. the only thing I've known her in. Unless she was in V. Was she in V? The yes, TV show? apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So she had a little bit of a career there, and yeah. yeah. So it was. It was good to see her. See her. <laughs> oh, you you saw her, all right. The women are all horny, and the sets. And noticing while the other thing, you're looking at the women, and you're looking at the sets. The sets are pretty good for being how bad they are. I think we already kind of established that. Just like the reuse of materials, like there was bubble pop. Uh, what does it call that? The bubble wrap stuff. Yeah, that was on yeah. the wall. And they just 
they spray painted black. And I don't know if you guys noticed that at one point they went down another hallway and all the McDonald's containers had changed to a brown <laughs> instead yeah, of yeah. red. And I was like, wow, some some kid spent all night painting off of <laughs> I liked yeah. that there were containers that had like three compartments, you know, so for like yeah, your entree and, the, and two and sides. And yep. then there were ones that were just like pure sandwich, <laughs> just like one. <laughs> so you could just yeah. put your, your burger in there. I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I do feel like we need to establish what this alien mutant presence is. And we, as we talked about, the movie was originally called Mutant. And in the film, they actually refer to it as a metamorph, this right. thing that keeps on mutating. Preg, yeah. can you describe it a little bit further for the audience? And let's, let's go ahead and say, do we think this thing looks anything at any point in this movie like the alien that's on the poster? On, the, on this particular poster, it does not. Uh, on, on the Forbidden World poster, the moth creature, no. I don't know what what yeah. they were thinking about there. Right. But uh, if we're talking about, at, at this point in the in the movie, you haven't seen anything but this, you know, cocoon or whatever, right? Right. And and it just seems to be, like, when it finally explodes and, and lands on uh, Uncle Jack's face, it's like, it looks like oil. Yeah. And, and at that point, I was still I was still really happy with how those effects were going. Like they yeah. weren't top notch, but they weren't terrible either. Like they they had a little more motion to it than uh, a lot of stuff of that era. Definitely not in the thing territory, you know, but not too bad. Thing was eighty two as well. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so. Yeah. So I mean, and that's that's a stark difference if you, <laughs> you look yeah. at those two movies. But but. Just in the world of this movie, at that point, things are good. I feel like the creature effects really go downhill <laughs> as we go along. That was my own experience. I think that's fair to say. I, I do like the, uh, they kind of kept the cocoon in a, uh, what do they call it? Like a glass, it was like an isolation chamber of sorts. Yeah. Although the first death of the movie that we see is, yeah, Craig was talking about Michael Bowen, who plays the character Jimmy, who Craig, I remembered, he was in Private Resort. That's where we talked about. It, oh wow! Yeah. yeah, he was like the the dickhead <laughs> uh, guy that worked at the club that was trying to get the same girl uh, Rob Morrow was, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, he the best I can tell is he plays like a janitor in this. Like he's the janitor of this yeah. station. I don't know. Like everybody else seems like scientists. Not a lot like, of respect. Yeah, even yeah. you know June Chadwick there, Doctor Barbara and Doctor Tracy. Well, I don't know. Maybe Tracy wasn't a doctor. Anyway. He gets sent in to clean up the horrifying mess of dead animals. Yeah. That are real dead animals. Real yeah. dead animals. Yeah, real dead animals. Like... Throwing them in the in the trash bag. And then oh. uh, you know, he sees this creature moving in the isolation chamber and does what I think any one of the three of us would do. He sticks his head in there, you know, he lifts up the <laughs> oh, gate. Yeah. It's not locked. I mean, you know it's not why lock the thing, you know, that's, that's just silly. <laughs> Uh, he sticks his head in there, and then, yeah, that thing jumps out. I, the jump scare worked for me. Sure. I thought that entire death worked. I thought it was a little comical because you could tell they were just like, okay, as you're flailing around bleeding, just break every single yeah, piece anything, of glass. Any in test room. tube you can hit, break yeah. it and make as much noise as possible, which was great. Yeah. Um, it was. And then what was the reaction to the death? Because it was always, like to me, character-wise, story-wise, it was just a bit of the balance of how serious are they taking that? And, and, and yeah. why are they not trying to kill it? Peter, why did they not try to kill it from the word go? The doctors had a lot to say about that, but uh, some of that went through one of my ears and out the other. It was a plot point. There's a character we never see named Annie. Right. And Annie... Uh, volunteered to be the womb for this uh, metamorph, which had some sort of beta B this plant, some some sort of weird thing. So basically, it was some way that they could, because of the food problem, it could grow and multiply, and there would be plenty of food source. But instead, it turned into not a source but a predator. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, so they planted in her womb, and then it oh, took her over and killed her. And came out of her and then laid the the web sack that was in the glass. So we never really got to see her. And I was wondering if that's where if uh, Michael Jackson got Annie, are you okay from? I'm sure he did. I'm sure that's exactly. This is what it came <laughs> from. Exactly Annie, it are you from. okay? Uh, do you guys know where that came from? <laughs> I have no, no clue. That came from when you do CPR classes. They call the body that fake body they put in the ground that you're supposed to you know give compressions to and breathe yeah. nose and mouth is named Annie. 
and Michael Jackson took classes and he learned that and, he, and you're supposed to say like if, I, if Craig was fine Craig are you okay Craig are you okay and you see what happens and you, you, that's where the song came from Annie are you okay Annie are you okay and that's where Michael Jackson got that from all right. Good night. Let's uh, let's Boom, go. On. That's we're not going to top <laughs> that. So <laughs> that was a really good Michael Jackson podcast we just had. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Annie had it. They're trying to solve the problem, and as any scientist does, he's like, "No, it's working. Don't kill my creature or my creation. We can still save it and accomplish it." The mad scientist thing. Yeah. Right. And um, I think Brian, the African American scientist in this, who is also a music lover. Oh, that saxophone mm-hmm. was happening, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a saxophone player. <laughs> the is uh, is I think the reason why they don't kill it, uh, and then the the woman scientist also starts to try to communicate with it, and let's not kill it, or let's not be afraid of it. Let's try to communicate, and we all know how that turns out. Yeah. Yes, we do. Uh, before we go too further, I want to point out again, our captain, our hero, is decidedly not a scientist in fact yes. one of my absolute favorite lines in this movie that i even i had to stop and think about for a second at some point when i think he's just you know and in some ways he is the audience he's asking the questions like what is this damn thing you know yeah. and i think one of the doctors probably uh dr gordon hauser the older linden pretentious man said something about you know you know about genes and he said quote doctor i wouldn't know a gene from a jelly bean yeah. And I was just like, dude, you're in space. Like, how did you, <laughs> you haven't had any, like, this, you just never even heard of them. So, just uh, a part time job for me. Yeah, I enjoyed that. But I do think after that first death, we get a little bit of our introduction to the character of Earl, right? Who I don't quite know what his position on this station is, but he does go looking for the thing, right? Because it killed Jimmy. Right, mm-hmm. but then like alien, they don't know where it is after that, right? right. You skipped our favorite scene, though. What did I skip? Uh, before we, Earl is, uh, I guess you would call him Station Security. Oh, he's okay. the guy who's going through all the all the all <laughs> That's the hilarious. Yeah. all the cameras, right? He's doing all the cameras, and he's got oh, his little yeah. s- the space yo-yo, the space yo-yo. God, I forgot about that. Yeah, the amazing sex scene that happens where two people are like they've met for the first time like okay you guys get naked and have sex mm-hmm. um and they cut to the saxophone it's just it's just it's just fantastic then they cut to earl looking for the creature and then as that scene progresses they have you cutting back and forth between sex and yeah. death sex and death sex and death which is a theme in uh life i guess like some people equate <laughs> death and sex no 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 no, and, no no well and actually speaking of sex and death before we get to that scene <laughs> If you guys don't mind me backing up a little bit. So after Jimmy dies, everybody has lunch. Is that wrong? Anyway. No, that's not wrong, yeah. Like they do have a lunch, yeah. Everyone's eating. And I just remember from this, Dr. Cal Timbergen is coughing throughout the meal. Right? Oh, yeah. So every now and again, just coughing. Foreshadowing? Well, well that's the thing. I assume, this being like an alien ripoff, that he's going to go, you know, belly up on the table Something's mm-hmm. going to explode out of him. And that's why he's coughing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And not to give anything away before we get to it. But after a while, I was just so hoping that I would get to the end of this movie and it would just be that he was just a character who coughed. Like, <laughs> I just wanted him to just cough through the whole thing and it not come to anything. <laughs> that never like, happens I, in movies. So you're right. I know. It should, though. Anybody Sorry. coughs, they're going to be dead in the third act. Like, there's yeah. no question about it. And I, I, just, I just want him to cough. Uh, just cough through the whole hilarious. thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So then, yeah, so then we got characters who bone. Earl's not happy about that because it seems like that's his lady, or it used to be. Mm-hmm. I think we get that little bit of exposition from a, a locker, a picture in his locker or something. Are people aware that there's cameras in their room and that he can see everything? I would think so. I think so because he's sitting there and they walk by him and he's looking yeah. at cameras. So I Yeah, he's not like know. in a closed area at all. Yeah. Well, because it sure did not bother Barb uh, with doing no. Well, they all know each other so well at this point. Yeah, at I this mean, point, good God. Geez, what are they going to do? Go somewhere else? Yeah. Right. Now, and one of my favorite moments as well was actually kind of in this section where, you know, we kind of find out that Tracy and Jimmy were an item. Mm-hmm. We get that a little bit through dialogue and just her reaction to his horrifically looking body <laughs> after he gets killed. But mm-hmm. to really hammer that home, we get the scene where she takes off her uh, her jumpsuit and puts on her little negligee because that's mm-hmm. you know it's all they have on those they got two do. two pieces of clothing and that's it 
Um, there's a bit of what looked like just viscous fluid coming down the window or something. <laughs> so yeah. it sort yeah. of like makes like this frosted glass look when you're watching her. Mutant vision. Mutant vision. That's a good one. Uh, then she gets in bed and picks up the photo that was on her nightstand of her and Jimmy, who, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> he was not wearing a shirt and she was in her negligee. And I was <laughs> just one. Yeah. And and <laughs> lives, she's man. got a. Did you notice she had a nipple poking out like in bed yeah. when she's looking at that? I was like, wait, wait, what is that? It was crazy. And uh, no, no, I didn't notice. Oh that. yeah, it was there. Watch it a third time. I wonder who took that photo <laughs> of them. I could not help yeah. but wonder that. Yeah, yeah, it was great. For that that scene, I had to jump back when I was watching it. That okay, she, the negligee she puts on is like a, a just like a like a little halter top or something. Uh huh. She she pulls it up over her breast and has two strings at the top, and then she reaches behind her neck like you would a necklace, and then they cut away. Yeah. Right. Later, she has the same top on in the sauna scene, and she has to pull it off because the the two laces actually connect back to the back of the, of the suit and I think when she pulls it off they just pop off so it was some manufactured <laughs> suit that had Velcro on it and she took it off so I, I, I just <laughs> I just wanted to make that everybody aware to pay attention to yes. that space lingerie space lingerie that's what it is yeah it's not easy um, okay call me crazy I felt crazy. like the sauna scene happened in very short order after Jimmy's death Tracy went to bed sad with the photo of Jimmy and Barb and Colby boned. Am I wrong? Yeah, it's like sure. literally 5, 10, 20 minutes. And yeah. did not Tracy wake up and put on sunglasses? <laughs> That's right. And go walk down the hall to that awesome synth music. And one of you guys explain the damn sauna because I, I I'm still confused by where, how, and what that was exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's interesting that this space station, that I'm sure it took great, great uh, effort and cost to build on a planet where it's clearly not very uh, welcoming to humans, but they're going to have a nice big sauna in there. I, I, I just, it's interesting to me what, what the plan was, you mm. know? Like, who, who drew that up? Whatever it is, it's got to have a really nice sauna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she goes in there. I mean, it just, it looks like a, I don't know, like it looks like, like it really, it's like a gas chamber. It's not very nice. It's kind of rusted out and kind of yeah. gross. She, she lays out what I can only describe as a space towel. It's got a big <laughs> silver X on it. Yep. For reasons I don't understand. That's where you sit. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. going to dry a thing. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no. There's no, there's nothing absorbent about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she, yeah. So that that was kind of a weird thing. She she lays down. She puts on sunglasses in this dim room. It's like there's nothing to put on sunglasses for. But is it just me, or does it seem like she's just looking straight at us at that point? Like her head is tilted toward the screen. She's completely naked. Yeah. Sunglasses on. It seems like she's just looking directly at you for like a, it, for again, a short spell. Yeah. This is where a corpsman or the director says this is this would look sexier and mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's that's got to just all it's got to be and it's got to be okay we're on a space station where would people get naked in the shower or this or that that's the whole reason right. why it's there. Sure. That's it. There's no there's no other reason. It's a corpsman film. And it but worked. It to, it totally worked. <laughs> yeah. Uh for me it did. It uh he shows up, he's going to take one too and she's totally naked. What are the aliens there and scares them and then she's totally naked she runs to him he has a shirt off and then they leave the room and they're like getting away does he shoot he shoots at the alien and it misses or it just misses her i think it just misses her yeah i think he yeah. did shoot the the mutant sorry not the alien. yeah at the, at the metamorph another one of my favorite conversations happened right after that you know the terrible horrible sounding alarm goes off if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. (laughs) and which happens quite a bit in this movie and the other people show up and they're having a conversation about what happened in there and again i i just don't want people at home to forget this we know annie has been killed by this thing we know that jimmy was just killed by this thing we know it just attacked tracy in the sauna and they're talking about what they're going to do with this and Brian says, basically, yeah, 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 yeah. What I really want to know is what Tracy and Mike were doing in there right. without their clothes on. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Brian's a bit of a gossip. I think he still has his, his saxophone in his hand, his plastic Did he? Saxophone. Oh, God, oh, that's great. Man, yeah. That thing is so sweet. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's when the script supervisor's doing their job. And, yeah. 
Yeah. I was like, that's oh, what God. you want to know right now? Um, and then uh, and the tail end of that scene could be my favorite line of the whole movie. Oh, can I say it? Can I say it? I wrote it down. Okay, yeah. So, but, Well, I assume we're talking about the same one. But basically, yeah. these doctors and everybody's asking, <laughs> like, telling Mike, you're the guy that was sent here to get, you know, put this under control. What are you going to do about it? And he says, uh, I'm going to go after that maggoty, fat ass, grease licking Doug Bunny. Okay, but you actually, you, that wasn't my line. Oh, it was it? No, that was. The movie has a lot of good lines, guys. What he said, dudes, was, I don't have the slightest idea. I go on hunches. That's his fucking plan. <laughs> and then he said, well, I'm going to go after it, I guess, you know. Uh, I, but that was a good line. I started realizing is the logic of this movie. If you watch me like you're in a movie like this, you're like, oh, don't go in that room. Don't go in that room. Don't do this. Why is that person even in there? There's so much logic in this movie, which you expect to be wrong. And if you watching it the second time basically every character kind of does everything right yeah and does everything logically which makes no sense logically <laughs> that they do what they're like that's what would happen sure right. there's a sex scene here or there but in terms of the monster and the mad scientist this and trying to kill a thing he's saying all the right things yeah I mean, that that guy would just go on i'm a hunter i'm a captain hunter and i do whatever job needs to be done and i go on hunches and i ask questions and yeah and it was I just also, like the way he says it I don't have the slightest idea. I mean, just the fact that he had that line. I don't have the slightest idea. <laughs> That's what you want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Great. There's a scene where they're in the science lab and they start explaining the science of the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just I decided to like while they're saying, I would pause it in, in Wikipedia or, or look up on Google all the words they were using, like metamorph or uh, the kind of acid they would use to kill it and all this stuff, and it was all good. It was all, yep, that's what a metamorph wow. is. And uh, like everything was Fact good. I was it, like, didn't, it, it didn't sound dumb. I mean, honestly, no. it no. never really sounded dumb. <laughs> no. I don't want to take us off track here, but I would like to point something out. Just ask a question if this stood out to you guys too. What's with the Fisher-Price door controls in this place? Yeah. You've got these huge plates beside every door, big word open yeah like it doesn't say open on my doorknobs you know what i mean like yeah. i know what opens the doors like i don't need ah open yeah and just huge buttons for children it's amazing it does feel at odds with go. like the fact that they do have computers on this ship or station i wish the computers also had just huge yeah. buttons like power look at camera <laughs> you know yeah. all right let me ask you dudes did i miss how the the metamorph got outside uh sure okay so i don't tell know me how then. it got outside okay. i just assume it can go anywhere it wants i think when it when it uh was in the sauna it went someplace and got out through the drainage system ah, okay maybe it just hit the big open sign on the doors and just yeah. let itself out <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's not like it'll be that hard but i do feel like at that point when they go outside that was like your obligatory star wars moment a little bit it's like oh yeah we got to go out in the desert and like have a guy that looks a little bit like uh those dudes in star wars and uh yeah you shoot at this thing terribly i might add their aim was not great no but the cocoon that they find outside does not contain the metamorph inside it and they are in for a uh, not small surprise when they head mm. back to the station mm-hmm. and find this thing there that has grown I a, just want to point out, I love the fact that Tracy was watching all this on the cameras, on the monitors, and she screamed at the at the side of it from inside the space yeah. station, even though it was outside the space. I, I liked that. But <laughs> Craig, I think I put you on the spot. Peter, describe the alien, the creature effects at that particular moment. <laughs> the moment when they get back to the station? In, yeah. In when, when we see yeah. the creature in broad daylight and it's changed and it looks a little different. Before I do that, I will note that the you, you said they go outside and they do their obligatory Star Wars location. I have to shut you down. They oh. did their obligatory Star Trek location because the <laughs> mountain formation, rock formation, was the same one that was used in Arena with Captain Kirk beating up the lizard and throwing the rock down the lizard scene and also reused in uh, Bill and Ted, uh, the second one. They go there and they have the evil Bill and Ted and they get thrown off the cliff too. And they die. Well, I appreciate all those facts, but we will have to cut them out because they just don't <laughs> fit in this podcast, obviously, if you've listened to it. But no, that's really interesting. That's very cool. But during that same uh, scenario, uh, how do we feel about the silvery moon boots these guys are walking around in? <laughs> Love them. These Uggs. Oh, that are, yeah. yeah. Silver Uggs. Um, jealous. Jealous did, is the word. Yeah, yeah. It looked comfortable. Like they figured yeah. out comfort on they, this. They, they, ref- they reflect the light. 
everybody can see them and they do that it's that space blanket like if you i don't understand this it just doesn't make sense to me they no. found those kids in the cave in in uh was it thailand yes yeah yeah the first thing they give them some food and they put those metal blankets on them do those yeah. things work i i why, why they can must. i how do they keep the heat in i guess it just doesn't well if you recall the michael jackson song bad uh, blankets <laughs> no I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? The thing about the boots, though, that to me felt like, oddly enough, like 50s, 60s sci-fi, you know? It felt like, I mean, just was like, well, wait a second. Like, you've done such a good job of at least making this feel like somewhat of the era that you're making this sci-fi movie in. And then all of a sudden they throw those things on. Maybe it's just like an homage to something that I don't know. Like Bill and Ted. Yeah, the right. logic is that there's something the the ground is not good and this metal in the boots reflects it. Yeah. It doesn't let it get in or something. But but anyway, the creature they arrive back and it's creature sitting on some pipes. <laughs> and it's got like spider legs coming out of it and it's it looks like a ding whopper. It looks like <laughs> it little literally like it's like I've heard in Japan they have a a black burger. Yes. It's all black. Mm-hmm. Burger King yeah, does. It's, yeah. it's, it's what it looks like with teeth. <laughs> and it, it's, it just kind of opens up like a, like a Pac-Man, and, and it doesn't go very far down. You don't see a throat or anything, kind of like the new Venom trailer. doesn't make any sense to me when Venom reveals the guy under his face, and he's like two inches in, and then he goes back, and in that same spot you can see down Venom's throat. I'm like, okay. I thought of Venom looking at that monster, actually. Yeah, black with big teeth. To me, though, like there were a couple shots where it, it felt like if you took – the xenomorph and alien and like j- it gained like 180 pounds because it was just like <laughs> sitting there like a fat blob you know and it clearly they can't make this thing move that much <laughs> yeah it's like a beanbag it is yeah. a lot like a evil beanbag yeah that's a good good way to put a it beanbag tick yeah um, and it's just out there and it doesn't seem to have any dexterity no <laughs> and instead of attacking dr brian it just jumps down a well mm-hmm. and then one of the probably the first or second the, the second best scare of the movie is when he looks down the well it jumps up and grabs him and pulls him down and and, and yep. it was pretty good so i think that's how it gets back inside uh that water system okay or whatever the sanitary system you know i gotta say there was some stuff that happened in between this and dr gordon getting attacked that i don't quite remember but i did like the makeup the like the effects makeup on dr gordon post being attacked was pretty creepy like it kind of looked like two-faced in uh, The yeah. Dark Knight. Yeah, that surprised me. Craig wasn't too uh, blown away by it in terms of because The Thing and this came out, and it, I don't know if one came out before the other, and they like, oh, we got to make it like this, and you know how people steal ideas and whatnot. But I thought the decomposing or the, the transformation bodies of the dead bodies yeah. being taken over by the host yeah. were pretty darn good, even though they're like fake breathing or moving a little bit. And here at the all the KY jelly they put on really helped. I thought <laughs> yeah. it always does. They thought they were pretty good. I was surprised. I think I was impressed more than Craig was. I was I was expecting Craig to be like, no, this is pretty good for cheap in eighty two. No, for for yeah, that Craig. stuff in particular, that stuff in particular was great. Like all the stuff that's in the lab and just everybody turning into goo, like that stuff is great. Okay. When Jimmy, like his whole head is caved in, like they, they have a bunch of great effects. No, my my main quibble was with the beanbag alien. And yeah. like how okay. unimpressive Agreed. it is outside. Like, yeah. I kind of wish they just kept it in the dark. And yeah, it you don't. Yeah, you don't better. put it in bright light. Yeah. Oh man, it's the least intimidating thing I've ever seen. Yeah. But no, all, all the body stuff I loved. I don't know if you guys ever saw the 1988 version of the Blob, yep. but it reminded me of the hobo who gets attacked by the Blob at the beginning. They have him laid out on a table at some point, and he just looks like he's just turned into it like a cheese pizza. He's just like melting like all over yeah. like this. This kind of reminded me of that, and like I love that. Like it's just like so much gore. That's exactly what I was talking about in the beginning. Like how I was looking for classic sci-fi movies that I just want to watch on Netflix to find them. Like The Blob is one of those. It's a small town. Something comes in, ruins the small town life, and attacks a town. And it's contained. It's a great contained small story. Yeah. And whatever comes out, and that's what I was looking for. And Forbidden World has it. And The Blob, the the format or the the storytelling device of small towns, contained area. Here comes an alien or something that screws everything up, and you have a hero. That's that's what I want. And And uh, me too. Me too. I love that setup. Let's please stop talking about this crap and get to the shower scene in quotes, oh, if please. we can, please. Here, so Jesus. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember. I don't know how it happened. I don't think it matters. I don't think it would explain anything. But Barbara and Tracy end up in some sort of space shower, naked, discussing things which I do not recall what they were. 
because they were naked in a space shower discussing things. And you couldn't get over it. It's a, it, And it's not like I can't – I'm trying to describe it. It is not like a normal shower where there's water and there's a moment where Barb is washing Tracy's hair with like a washcloth or something. I don't know. Somebody help me out here. It's the third cleaning room we've seen. You have the, the ultraviolet light or the blue light room, which yes. kills all everything on the skin, yep. which is actually a bad thing because uh, you need to yeah. have bacteria on your skin. Mm-hmm. And then you see this the steam room, and then you have this one, which I believe is a sonic shower, but their hair was wet. Yes. Because um, <laughs> uh, there was some, there was like these lights blinking in there, which seemed to be emitting sound and sonic hair. But she did have a rag, and the reason why they're in there is because Tanya? Tracy. Uh, Tracy. Tracy, Tracy. Tracy. Jeez, t- all the 80s names come back. Mm-hmm. Tracy um, got touched by the goo. And they were cleaning the goo out of her hair. So they were. The logic Jesus, is they have to take okay. their clothes off to clean their bodies, so they don't right. get any of the protein on them, so they don't start getting eating away. And it's a two-person job. Yeah, you can't wash your right. hair by yourself. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not in a sonic I never shower. Have. Yeah. As Booger would say, we've got Bush. That's what happened in that scene. It was <laughs> yeah, like a wide right. shot, yeah. close-up shot, and and uh, then they do a little plot saying like, <clears throat> not mad scientist, but she's like, well, maybe. They're going to try, the men are going to try to kill it. So let's go try to communicate with it. And that's what comes out of that scene. And the women decide to go find it and communicate with it. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I can't believe you uh, were able to recall that. That's really impressive. <laughs> because I want to say this, like, I was distracted in that scene and not just by the nudity. It was, it was, <laughs> and that was so weird about it. I'm like, well, yeah, these girls are naked, but there is a lot there, going on. What there. is this other crap going on? It was crazy. Yeah. I'm, I appreciate you actually paying attention to what was being said in there because it does sound important. It's my screensaver now. Oh, good, yeah, good, it's, good. Well, and it seems like it is. I mean, uh, what's her name? Doctor Doctor Barb. She wants to to communicate with the alien, mm-hmm. and she shared that with the other the dudes, and they were like super shitty to her. Oh, one yeah, of right? my other favorite Mike, lines. Like, That's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. It's like, why? Why is that the stupidest idea you've ever heard? But Craig, we can't bury the lead on that line. He said, uh, "That's oh, the stupidest sorry. damn idea I've heard all day." No offense, Barb. <laughs> he, oh, there you go. <laughs> he added that part. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, you said no offense, so that's yeah. okay. Never mind. But it was so funny, dude. And she's just like, man, that's the last time I sleep with a captain on the first night. Yeah, because they're really, always yeah. dicks. Yeah. yeah. And Tracy was like, that's the last time I put the moves on them the day after you sleep with them. Because this is just... Yeah. Not. No. But the idea of communicating with the alien, to me, in general, like I've seen it before, but I do think it's an interesting thing to throw into something like this, for sure. I'm totally on yeah. board with that idea. Now, let's talk about how that happened. Because she enters the, uh, I don't know, let's call it the mainframe room, the control room, again, mm. and... There's our metamorph sitting like a beanbag, like some sloppy <laughs> parts that have been hard. Actually, it that flashed me back to Alien when the alien gets on the um, oh spoiler alert the escape <laughs> escape ship with Sigourney Weaver. Uh-huh. It's she thinks she's all safe, but in the piping in the back is the alien just sitting on top of yep. it, and and it's just there. And it kind of it kind of looked just like it that. did. It's a lot better yeah. than the broad daylight look of the beanbag. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But there were a couple things that happened in this scene. You know, Tracy's there watching the whole thing. Barb, as you would do, just starts to try and talk to it. She asks the question, literally, quote, Is it possible you understand but can't answer me? Which, how would you answer that if the answer is yes? Blink twice. (laughs) Well, okay. uh... And then she asks for just some sort of sign, signal that it understands and we hear what is to believe uh, to believe i think a, a computer noise right no it's rock music is it yeah, rock music though i mean really that's not rock uh, the <laughs> the subtitle said high pitch rock music Did it? yeah i love that yeah. and so our beanbag has tapped into the computer somehow <laughs> and is able to answer her on the screen a la I don't know, War Games or Daryl or I don't know, or yeah. uh, Weird Science, fill in the blanks. Let's throw that one to Peter. Okay, Peter. Peter yeah. you, have a, you have a much better sci-fi mind than either one of us. <laughs> Has this happened before? An alien sort of just telepathically links itself into a computer? Talk to me. Yeah, it has. Uh, if you're asking for examples, I'm yeah. old with 
kids. There comes the adult thing. I don't remember anything, but I know it has happened before. Yeah. I don't know how it connected into the computer. I don't know if it was typing on another thing or if it, <laughs> it, she she seemed to say that it like it like kind of like went into the electronics and it was working uh, or right. controlling the text that was coming on the screen. It learned DOS real quick. It took a class um, at the community <laughs> college and then came back. Yeah, go ahead. But it it has it does happen. Actually, Independence Day, right? They upload a computer virus. Well, that's virus, the virus. Right? Yeah. You, to the software, well, I mean, yeah, yeah in they, a way, yeah, yeah. If you can, if you can upload a virus to it, well, yeah, which I don't know. By the way, was ridiculous when it happened in Independence Day. Anyway, the point is, the alien is tapped in. She is now able to communicate via typing on the computer. She asks mm-hmm. a very large philosophical and important question of, "Can we coexist?" And the alien replies, "Please stand by." <laughs> and then what happens, Craig? The music stops. And then, yeah, the rock, the, the heavy rock music stops. And then a tentacle comes out and, they're, they, and they stand and watch. They're like, oh, this is, this is probably going to go well. That's what they're thinking. <laughs> and, and the tentacle comes, over, like ET, comes yeah. over the control panel, down, and then right up under her bathrobe, because she's in a bathrobe. Why would you go with any kind of protective gear? And boom, right up through, right, right up through her, you know, hoo-ha, and then up through her back. And so, and she's dead for, for all her trouble of trying to like peacefully take care of this dude. Yeah. She's, she's no more. And there's her sex and death again, right, Peter? Oh yeah. Well, well, yeah. Let me jump to the, the alien reference there is on the same escape pod that she's on the ship with. Mm -hmm. She's getting undressed because she was going to get into the sleeping pod or a hypersleep chamber, cryosleep, whatever. And uh, so she's in her panties and just a, a, a night, like half t-shirt. Well, then she's got to get into her spacesuit because she's going to, spoiler alert, open the airlock and get the alien out of the ship with her. And that is one of the... Ridley Scott, there's death. She has to get rid of death, and she sexually gets in and is close above her panties and everything. Uh, I'm not trying to sound too much of a male here, but if if you're as an artist, if you're trying to sell the sex and what is attractive about people, that scene is amazing. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Her stepping into the spacesuit. There's sex and death right there, and they totally were, uh, I think, doing that with those the robes, this high waisted and the the breast just to, like bouncing around and, <laughs> and almost coming out. It's just selling it. Yeah. It's, Although I would say it's certainly clumsier in Forbidden World. It's a little clumsier just because, like, at least Sigourney Weaver has a reason to be undressing at that point. Like she's gonna lay down for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I would do. I would take most well, of my clothes off and then I'd lay in the hypersleep chamber. Her father was the president of NBC, so they had to be a little bit classy. Yeah. Uh, well and well, she was yeah. a badass in that movie, whereas Barb has just been told that she had one of the stupidest damn ideas by this guy. <laughs> yeah. And and sadly it kind of turns out to be true. Yeah, and sadly yeah. it does. I mean it doesn't work out well for her. Tracy is as kind of our final final girl, I guess, uh, at least of the ladies left alive there i was hoping for a moment of the bring, bringing it back to annie are you okay because it came from her that it had some essence yeah. of her and that yeah. it too was a female that and, been cool. was commute with they, and then men would have been stupid and and whatnot but no i think it's it was just too much of a man messes with dna and genes and you get a metamorph that just yeah. is designed to kill and eat turn things into food that would have been interesting though that would have been interesting if it would have had some sort of like sentient knowledge of of its gender if nothing else i wonder if they knew the you guys familiar with hr giger's whole life cycle of the alien creature in alien i don't know if it was in the script and that's where he got it from but his whole thing was the alien came from someplace and then it found a person and then it brought that person back to its hive wherever or a little cave whatever and on the ship it takes it into the bowels of the ship and then it secretes something onto the person, and they start to turn into the egg. So it takes a human body and turns oh, it wow. into the egg, and then the egg would release the alien uh, the face the hugger, face hugger. And the yeah. face hugger would go out and lay an egg in another. So right. it would need two people to complete its life cycle. But that was what they designed, and they even shot some stuff for that because the captain of the Nostromo, Tom Skerritt, that's his name, there's a scene of Sigourney we were finding him turning into an egg, and he's like, kill me, kill me. And uh, uh, I think James Cameron knew about that and whatnot because he t- the word got around that it didn't make it into it. And I think if that made it onto the set because James Cameron was part of this crew at one point, that that carried on because of this whole the turning the people into protein and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry for that. Story. No, I, I was just <laughs> like, God, we're going to have to have you on the next one that we do. It's another sci-fi yeah. movie. As these movies do, we're headed for a final showdown and you got to kill this thing somehow, right? Or you set it up for a sequel and clearly... They weren't setting up for a sequel here, so 
Uh, I got to say, I did not anticipate how the alien uh, metamorph would die in this movie, and that was no. a bit of a surprise. And I was satisfied. Yeah, well, yeah. well why don't you tell people uh, about kind of what went down there then, Craig? Well, as, as sorry as I am to say, it turns out that uh, Dr. Cal's coughing does have a point. <laughs> yeah. Because he's got a massive tumor, and so yeah, things aren't looking so good for him. But he figures out, well, first of all, I guess that the monster is, is turning everything into protein so that it'll have a food source, right? Turning everybody into proteins and whatnot. And uh, he thinks, well, I'll destroy all of that, and then I'll feed myself to the monster, and then it mutates so quickly that the cancer will just take it over and just kill it immediately. And uh, he tries to feed himself to it. It doesn't work. The monster seems to sort of maybe know, because like the monster like pushes him away, it seems like. Did which okay. seems like an odd mood for, for uh, the monster that has eaten everything else up until now. So then the, <laughs> the doctor... Yeah, oh, man, it, it really does. It really gets a lot better because the, the, the doctor tells Mike, you know, here's the plan. You got to feed it the cancer here, rip it out of my body. That's essentially what <laughs> yep. what we're going to go with. Yep. We don't have any drugs to drug you with, unfortunately. Uh, no Tracy time. went to go get some morphine, but she's not here at the moment. Mm -hmm. So just cut me open while I'm alive and looking you in the eye. Reach into my body, <laughs> you know, blindly and just rip out anything you find. Just <laughs> whatever's in there, just rip it out. And by God, that's what we do. He finds something, all right, yeah. Yeah, and, and again, for a low-budget movie, the effects don't even come anywhere near something like The Thing, right? That is is gross in a way that I felt very affected by. Yes. <laughs> in, in, a, in a good way, but I mean, I could, I could imagine audiences, if they actually watched this in a movie, just being like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. I was not. That was a pretty ballsy move. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Mike is like, like literally trying to, using all of his strength to try and rip a tumor out of this guy who's just laying there uh, as awake as can be. Well, I guess he passes out at some point. Yeah. They shoot him full of morphine. But yeah, but then they, they rip it out and then they got, here, here's a gigantic tumor. It was, yeah. it was pretty gross. What, what were they ripping out? They were ripping out his lungs or something or his liver. Wait, what were cancer. They yeah, lung cancer. Lung cancer. It felt lower See, than the lung though, didn't it? It did. I was wondering how they got into, like he had to reach up into the rib cage really and rip it. You, you don't know where your lungs are. Sean. I clearly don't. Yeah. I, I don't know anything about Michael <laughs> Jackson. I know nothing in this podcast. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah. but it was effective. I'm, I'm kind of with you. It was gross and like unexpected and mm. I like watching my kind of have to like, prance around and try and figure out how to shove this thing in this alien's mouth and not get killed himself. And then yeah. the effects of the alien, I mean, like, it eats this thing and then just <laughs> immediately, like, starts puking like a cat coughing up a yeah. hairball or something. It was so gross. And just, like, all this gelatinous muck starts pouring out of him from everywhere. And he just kind of yeah. withers and dies. And uh, Barb shed a tear uh, for the alien. Tracy. Tracy well, I mean, dead Barb shed a tear for the alien that she was unable oh, to oh, communicate. I, I don't know. Tracy, I don't think she really is capable of that kind of human emotion, so I'm not no. sure that she would have shed a tear. But that's it. And then, of course, we can't end the movie without flashing back to everything that happened <laughs> in the previous movie right. that you may have forgotten about. And that's, that, to me, is yeah. a little where it threw off my hunch or my wondering about, oh, is this like some sort of... like comment on time or are we seeing like ESP at work or, because it, it didn't feel attached to Mike when it happened at the end there to me I don't know maybe it did but it just felt like oh we're just yeah. we're just gonna put this in as a stylistic thing to end the movie and get a couple more boobs in there maybe yeah I mean you, you gotta use what you got the credits were great too they they do this after all the flashbacks and everything they pan from our characters that are still alive to the the deceased body with a whole cavity of missing cancer yeah. and then the robot and down and then they go to our, our mutant and it's just there dead and the whole credits it's some camera guy that's just holding it on that thing and it's just handheld and you can nice. see it moving around it's just no freeze frame no 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 looping back hold and it. forth it just held it for the hold whole it. two two three minutes hold yeah it. it's like hold reading it. off all the names it's like okay we just got to get through a couple more <laughs> and then uh, at the end is uh it has the rating of the movie as a uh, 
uh, rated R. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, okay. that's Thanks okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know that was. Oh, shit. Right. I thought this was PG. Yeah. <laughs> Get the kids out of here. Yeah, geez Louise. Well, that is Forbidden World. Peter, thank you so much. Any other moments that you loved, disliked, that we didn't talk about? No, I was surprised the science was not bad. Uh, I loved, even though it's really bad and tacky and, and you can get any any kind of sex you want on the internet, this was still in some way sexy uh, and death-like and I liked it and funny to watch, fun to yeah. watch, to make fun of and to enjoy. I still love the, the, the line. It, it should have just said, Forbidden World, you maggoty, fat-ass, grease-licking dog bunny. <laughs> It's great. Like, like that's great. Oh yeah, ding whopper too. I mean, just calling something a ding whopper repeatedly was <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Craig, anything on your list that we didn't get to? I, I don't know. Biggest thing I feel like I didn't really talk about was it's really shot beautifully. Like it looks yeah. like it, it looks like look a million bad. bucks. There are so many yeah. shots. If, if you just pulled the shot out, you would assume it was a studio movie. I feel like. Yeah, like it, they did a it good job. has a really nice look to it. Yeah, so, it really does. I mean, that helps a lot. I think the stuff that looked the weakest was the stuff that was obviously lifted from another movie. And uh, just, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it makes you kind of like, ah, it's too bad this guy didn't actually get to film whatever his version of those space battles would have been. Yeah. We didn't really talk about Sam that much, the robot. It was an yeah. interesting performance, I will say, because there were times where I'm like, it kind of sounds like Holly Hunter. And then there were times where I was like, no, it just sounds like a robot. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was an interesting choice. It kind of had like a uh, Stormtrooper Battlestar Galactica-esque helmet of sorts. Yeah. And there was at least a few moments in the very opening that I just thought that was a person in the suit. Like the character was a person in the suit and not a robot, but that's probably on me. But um, right. she was a nice little bit of 3PO-esque comic relief here and there um she got a couple of little lines in about feeling uh useless in some ways but yeah. also that she she knew was. like humans like she's been around she's been around for a while uh, and that humans like this is the way humans are they she had a few jokes like yeah. that like uh people never change one of the first lines she says when they're being attacked in the in the, in the beginning of the movie by the spaceships is um or he or the captain says uh, go to auxiliary power all right I mean, I don't want to bring this up. This is a little late in the podcast. Bring up, what, what, but what is auxiliary power? No clue. Yeah. Why is it in every sci-fi spaceship thing? <laughs> what, what, why is, why would you have like, you know what? <laughs> you know those little uh, battery packs that you can buy for your phone? Like you just plug it in and take it around, you know, so you have like a, that's what it is. They have a couple of those on the ship. So that's like, that's, we need to put you on one of those because uh, we can't plug you in right now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It was in everything and it means what nothing. Is auxiliary power? I do wish she had had a a slightly more satisfying arc as far as, yeah, the conclusion of it. Or even just like, I don't know, it didn't feel like Mike gave a one goddamn about that robot whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it would just be nice to like see some sort of like, oh, that's too bad. Like, yeah. But that's it. Guys, so it sounds like we would kind of all recommend this to anybody who's going to watch a movie called Forbidden World and knows what they're into. And yeah, I think uh, it looked good. Go check it out, Amazon Prime. Peter, I was discussing this a little bit with your your co-host of A Little Snack. Are we going to see any new episodes anytime soon? We're not doing a video show. We're not going to see any new episodes. Are we going to hear <laughs> any new episodes? We have a stock up, so when we're dead, it just still comes out and our kids can <laughs> Great. still make money. But yes, we we there has been talk that it is time for... Uh, maybe a snack or two to uh, show its ugly head. I agree. The, the only spoiler would be is for the last six months, I've been trying to get my cohort, Mr. Crane, Brian Crane, who's been on your show, to watch uh, Legion, the X-Men Fox series. Oh, yeah. And he just has... He, 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 we'll see if he's done it. <laughs> it might be a short episode. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Crane. It's on you. Craig. Sean. We can't, I can't leave without asking if you have any final words. I do have final words, as I often do have final words, Sean. I'm, I'm never really caught short by you asking me that. I know. That's why I ask it. Yeah, and that's why and I'm, that's why I'm so glad to provide some, because it'd be weird if I didn't mm-hmm. have those sorts of things. I really don't. I really don't. I'm sorry. I'm, tr- I'm trying to come up with something, and I, I, I don't have anything great, but um, in, the immortal, Im- immortal? in the immortal words... <laughs> of Roger Corman. We all know who Roger Corman is, right? I don't have to go into that, right? Nope. Is that Peter? You know who Roger Corman is? Feels like he's stalling. Stalling? I'm not stalling. Yeah, I, I, I know uh, who he is. Good. Anyway, so we, we all understand who he is. In, in, in the immortal words of filmmaker uh, Roger Corman, 
Uh, as a producer, I probably am a little stronger than most since I was a director originally. That's not a very good. <laughs> that's not really the best final words, but let's <laughs> let's leave it at that. All right, y'all. And uh, and and I'll work on something for next time. Sounds good, Peter. Thanks again for joining okay. us. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll, we'll have you on again sometime soon. And yeah, if you're listening, get a suggestion, and maybe you two can be on this and educate us. We'll talk yes. next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.